Thanks for joining me for this very first episode of my new podcast series, Figureheads, brought to you by Barclay Card Business. Now, you might be wondering why me, Warwick Davis, is hosting a business podcast, as you might have seen me teaching a young boy to be a wizard or fighting the empire in a galaxy far, far away. Well, I also happen to know a thing or two about business. Early on, I realized that to sustain a career as a physically different actor, I would need to diversify. In other words, figure out a plan B. Now, for me, that was founding a couple of different companies. Now, there's loads of resources out there about how to run a business, but I found the best advice actually came from people's own stories, people's own experiences, sometimes interesting and unexpected places. Now, I'm hosting this series to pick the brains of leaders from the world of sport, music and entertainment and asking them to share their adventures and top tips with all of us. This week, I'm joined by Alistair Spaulding, Artistic Director and Chief Exec of Sadler's Wells. Since taking up this position in 2004, Sadler's Wells has become a world-leading dance house, welcoming over half a million visitors each year. In 2005, Alistair turned Sadler's Wells into a production house too, commissioning and co-producing hundreds of shows with acclaimed choreographers like Matthew Bourne, Akram Khan and Hofesh Schechter. Alistair was honoured with a CBE for services to dance in 2012. Alistair, welcome to my very first podcast. Thank you. You are my first figurehead. So you're very well, important. I'm honoured. You honored. should be, yes, you should be. I don't give that title to just anyone. <laughs> not even myself. <laughs> so uh, we're not actually face-to-face today, unfortunately, due to the ongoing yeah. COVID situation. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to ask you how COVID has impacted Sadler's Wells and what are your plans for 2021? So yes, yeah, so we we were asked to close down in March by the um, by the government, and um, we um, we thought at first it was going to be about a three week thing, <laughs> and here wow. we are, almost a year, and um, so it was it's been pretty bad because um, you know eighty percent of our income comes from people buying tickets or mm. buying something at the bar, and um, so when that stopped, we had a big financial. Uh, problem. Luckily, we have lots of support from the government who've um, through the furlough, but also uh, with some grants to get us through. Um, but also, I have to say, it was pretty existential for us because, you know, when you're working in theatre, as you know, it's your life, you know, you sort of live it. Yeah. And when it disappears, uh, you don't quite know what you're for anymore. <laughs> no, no. I, mean, I, my, I changed my job changed overnight. In other words, I was running a theatre that had shows on, and then I had to just make go into survival mode. And crisis and management to, kicked in. Yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you use different skills and and um, find a way through as a, as a leader. Mm. We now know uh, the vaccine is coming, and uh, you know we're a little bit more, more optimistic. So we want to get up and and running as as soon as we can, really, because. It's not just us as a theatre, but it's also all the performers who mm. really need to perform, particularly in dance. They're, a bit, they're athletes, really, as well. Uh, and they need to be able to perform and to keep, uh, you know, to keep on uh, kind well, of level. Tell me about it, level. yeah. Um, you shouldn't go so, rusty as a performer, you know. You know yes. It's just acting, you know, learning lines. If you're not constantly doing that sort of thing, you kind of forget how to do it in a way. Yes, absolutely. So, so we need to get that back, and uh, so hopefully we will in the spring, and mm. um, you know, get back to doing what we were doing before. 
Alistair, you're here with me today so that we can get an insight into a industry which is inherently based on risk taking mm -hmm. and also to find out about how you've made Saddlers Wells so successful since you joined. So we're going to talk about taking risks to get results and hopefully our listeners will be able to take that advice and apply it to their own businesses. Now you're the chief exec now, so you, mm. do you get still involved in creative things? Because that's where you started being a creative, didn't you? Yes. Well, I am. I'm artistic director and oh, chief yeah. executive. So half okay. of my brain is looking after the money and the other half is spending it. Mm. You know, it's a little bit like that. And that's, that probably influences your creative decisions, doesn't it? Because you know how much it's going to cost. Yes, exactly. So you have to rein yeah. it in. You have to rein it in or you have to make more, make more money to spend more. You know, this is my, uh, yes. <laughs> that's the optimism in me coming out. Alistair, you joined Saddler's Wells in 2004. What was the theatre doing at that point? Well, it wasn't doing so well. Previous management had left it in a precarious financial position. And also, it wasn't a dance house. There were lots of other things going on. Um, there's opera and a more commercial uh, theatre. And I thought people use the word brand a lot, but I guess I was wondering what what should the brand of Saddler's Wells be? You know, what should be the unique thing about it that people would want to come and enjoy? And it was built as a dance house with the lottery in 98. That was it, the, physically it's it's suited as a dance house. So I thought, let's go for it. Mm. And then, you know, because I think that then people are clear. If they want to see the best dance in the world, come to Saddler's Wells. That's the offer. And I think that's 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 really why uh, it's been so successful. You know, it's 365 days a year and there's three theatres that we run. Now, I don't think anyone thought that that would be possible, but I think it's because of some clarity, clarity about what you do in your in your mission. So it's about focus, isn't it? Yeah. Try not to be too diverse in what you do, whether it's producing products or putting on different shows of different genres. Yeah, finding out what your focus is and doing that really well. And the thing about dance is that you can you can be focused on dance, but you can be very diverse about all the genres within it. Mm -hmm. So you go from flamenco to ballet to hip hop to contemporary work, mm -hmm. uh, but it's all under the same banner. So you know that's the that's the beautiful thing about it. It's got lots of sort of sub brands, if you like, in there. Mm, of course, yeah. But the unifying thing is is movement and dance. Yeah, mm. the joy of that. Alistair, my, I, I'm not a dancer. I would never proclaim to be. My mm -hmm. kids would definitely say I wasn't a dancer. I'm a, yeah. I do dad dancing. That's all I do. Are you uh, a performer yourself? I love to dance, actually. Mm. And, uh, you know, you can, uh, the Christmas party, uh, sadly, we haven't, we can't have one this year, but mm -hmm. I usually dance through the night <laughs> on that occasion. I love actually dancing, but I don't really. Um, I wouldn't say it was something to aesthetically to look at. <laughs> but then you art. just call it performance art, don't you, when it's like yes, that? Yes, it is. That's exactly right. Yes, that's what I would call it. I did actually dance uh, um, a kind of, and, and danced a rap uh, with John C.D. Um, taught me a rap and I did a little um, number in a gala once, uh, which <laughs> went down in history. <laughs> And uh, it did get around, it did get a standing ovation, actually. Mm. I think that's just because I got through it, you know, from <laughs> the beginning to the end and survived. Brilliant. But no, I, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not in my final season going to make, mm. uh, you know, feature me <laughs> in each uh, production. No, absolutely. That's maybe, great. Maybe, though. <laughs> never say never. <laughs> yeah, I had to perform a rap once for a film. Oh, yeah. It's surprisingly difficult, actually. Yes. 
you know, you've got the lyric there, but trying to do that within sort of the rhythm of the music as well. Yeah, and and dance as well. I had to dance as well. Oh yeah, that's or, like sort know, of rubbing your belly and patting your head, isn't it? Trying to do the two that was things. Really difficult. Yeah. yeah. So let me just ask you, who's been your greatest influence? Oh, I. What do you believe? I think you know. Um, I'm sorry to stick to artists, but I, I I have to say this. So there are a couple of people um, that um, I've got I've I've known in the recent years. Peter Bausch the great uh, German choreographer who sadly died uh, over 10 years ago now, was a huge influence on me, both through her work because of the risks she took, particularly at the early stages of her career where people were just walking out of the theatre. They didn't get it, you know, it was just, so they didn't understand it. But she kept going and um, and 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 that then became the most one of the most successful choreographers in the world because mm. they sacrificed a lot and she did in her life she, she sacrificed uh, health in the end uh, for it and um you know they're really dedicated people so i often look at um, to them well, they do say people suffer for their art don't they that some people really do you know mm. you, you know i i was talking to hoffe Schechter, uh, one of our other associates just before a premiere uh, once and he just said i really don't know why i do this to myself i it's awful mm. he couldn't describe how terrible it was this feeling when the work was just about to go on stage. Mm. Um, but they are driven to do it, you know, but it is, it's, yeah. It, I know it's, the it's feeling as an actor because yeah. acting for me is all about passion, not just, yes. um, you know, and the love of doing it. And that's what drives you to put yourself through the things you go through. You know, every yeah. time you get up on stage and do a performance, you're kind of putting yourself out there again to be knocked down. You know, yeah. it's a very kind of difficult career to have. You have to be it quite is. resilient and... Uh, have a yeah. lot of tenacity and determination to succeed. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's very vulnerable. It's very yes, vulnerable place. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, yeah. Um, I suppose this is the same for Sadler's Wells as it would be for an actor, because every production that I'm involved with or an actor is, you know, they're only as good as their last piece of work. Is that true mm. of Sadler's Wells as well? Yeah, it was at the beginning. Mm. Um, but um, you know, after a while, if you have enough success then you do get into a different place. I used to really worry. I used to be a, I used to be a nervous wreck before most performances at the, at the beginning because you just wanted everything to succeed. And, I, and it was important that it did. You know, not everything, but, I mean, there is a critical mass of it. And um, I always think uh, there was a great analogy or a picture that someone uh, gave me that he said, uh, it was a colleague of mine, he said, well, our job really is to keep above the weather. So... So, you know, if you like, keep above the clouds up there in some other place and and not come down into the weather, you know, so it's mm. not being bashed around. And it's like a bit like keeping a balloon up in the air, you know. And if you keep that balloon up in the air, you sort of rise above any individual thing that doesn't work out. Oh, I see, yeah. You see what I mean? This episode is all about risk-taking. And Alistair, as you well know... The industry you're in is inherently kind of based on taking risks and is quite risky inherently. Yeah. Um, so what can we share with the listener that will illustrate kind of how you best take a risk? Well, I think it, it is true that we're, we're it is a risk-based industry. I, but I think uh, risk is a virtue, actually. I think it's something that we uh, enjoy taking, actually. But you, you, you also have to mitigate those risks. Um, the most important thing is the, is the talent, is the team's 
that you bring together to, mm. to make a piece of work. And the art, in this case, it was the artists that I invited in to be the associates because, um, yeah, I mean, you don't, you know, it, it, this the, the show business and theatre is, is a risky business, but you mitigate that by... Uh, by choosing the right people who you believe in, and I, and that's an incredibly important part of this. Mm. So, um, you know, because um, there are enough risks then anyway. You know, going forward, you know, they, a new idea. You know, is it going to work for a public? Are they going to going to get it? Is is the choreographer in a good place? <laughs> you know, at that time, are they are they high to their artistic? Um, towers and um, so so all of those things but just choosing the right people at the at the beginning I think is key now if you were spending your own money would that influence the risks you take do you think oh definitely yes <laughs> yes that would really concentrate the mind wouldn't yeah. it and I, I suppose you know a lot of commercial producers are doing that of course mm. you know I, I, I do have the luxury of having the subsidy that we have and um, you know and also there are some things you know in the year we're not taking risks every week mm. you know there are some there are shows that we bring back for example so you know we've got the fantastic Matthew Bourne shows that we do over Christmas and some of them are, are favourites like Swan Lake is Swan Lake you know and um, so it's not like we're making new work every week mm. um, but it's just making sure Sure that when we do, uh, we try and, uh, and and get that as right as possible. We don't always do that, of course, and we and you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be uh, hoping that you will. You know, it's uh, there are some things which you're going to pay off, and others that won't. Now I know firsthand how risky the business of theatre is because a few years ago I founded a company called the Reduced Height Theatre Company and produced a tour, but yeah. I paid for it myself, which is Did a you? decision I now regret. <laughs> uh, because I had so much faith in the idea and the concept. Yes. Um, because, you know, you go into this and you, you have to spend all the money up front on a production. Yes. It's not like any other kind of business where you can gradually spend the money and kind of adapt according to how successful that produ product is becoming. But you have to put it yeah. all out on the table, yes. uh, which is what I did. I produced this play. All the money goes into rehearsals and buying sets and that sort of thing, booking venues and hiring actors. And you don't know until it goes out on stage whether it is going to reap the rewards you expect. Yeah. And all I got were comments afterwards was like, when does that, when's that show coming back? And by then I'd run out of money, so it wasn't going to go on again. <laughs> you know, it was, yeah. oh, we love that. Can we, where can we see it? Well, you can't now. You should have gone the first time. Then you could have seen it. So uh, yeah, I yeah, know so all about that risk taking. Not many people have made their fortune in theatre, it's true to say. You know, yeah, the numbers on the spreadsheet look great. I was going to make, <laughs> I could retire after this tour, but it uh, just didn't work out. So I, I have a good friend who is a makeup artist. He does prosthetic makeup oh, yeah. and comes up with weird and wonderful creations. He once worked oh. with Matthew Bourne. Oh, yes. And Matthew commissioned some really weird stuff that he showed me photos of. I mean, it's really out there. These oh, really? kind of makeups and creature things that he wanted, yeah. It's ah. fascinating. That was about sort of seven or eight years ago now, I think. Yeah, it was, was amazing. It? Yes, mm. I don't know. Do you know which production that was? I have no idea what it was now, no. But he, he used to come over here from America to work with yes. Matthew and produce what he wanted to have for this. Yeah. Right. Maybe it was Edward Scissorhands. Oh, it could well have been, yeah. And it was it was pretty out there, the stuff that they were doing. Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. I love Matthew's visions of things are pretty impressive. He's great. He's mm. really great. Yeah. And uh, we took my daughter to see the uh, the Nutcracker. Yeah. When she was pretty young, and um, 
I mean, I remember it just being so amazing to watch it. It was just a fabulous production. Yeah, yeah it was we were really meant wonderful. to have that on now. Mm, it's so sad, isn't it? Yeah, it was meant to be on right. So, had now. all rehearsals been done, or didn't you get that? You no, they of... didn't. They didn't start. We decided. We knew that it wouldn't happen, and mm. we stopped. Uh, we didn't go into rehearsal. No, next year we're going to yes bring it back next year. And uh... yeah, I think the arts will bounce back because what we've got now are audiences who have been starved of entertainment and yeah. this group. Yeah this enjoyment of watching things together. So yeah. it will bounce back, I think, definitely. It definitely will. You won't be able to get a ticket for Love Nor Money. That's what's going to no, happen. that's right. Hopefully, yes. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it, how theatre and musicals work, though, because for me, the more expensive the ticket, the more I want to go. <laughs> really? <laughs> how does that work? I don't know why that is. Psychology, isn't it, somehow? At Sadler's Wells, how do you make dance accessible to all? Is it through ticket prices? Well, yes. I mean, we try and keep um, our tickets uh, reasonably priced. We try, we we do charge people if they can afford it. They, you know, there are expensive tickets, but we mm-hmm. try and have a range so that everyone uh, can have a chance to come in. But I think accessibility is is more than um, just ticket pricing. It's uh, it's your attitude to the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to be welcoming at every stage. So when you're buying your ticket, when you're welcomed in by ushers buying a drink that people are nice to you you know mm-hmm. we're very dependent on the audience uh, financially so we want them to keep coming um and and then also we do have various schemes so we have the barclays dance pass actually which is part of our barclays sponsorship and that's for young people to come in at a very reasonable price we also have a scheme where the local community gets special uh, prices so people who wouldn't normally think of coming to the theater so we want um, we want people from all backgrounds, all ages, to come and enjoy, mm. and I mean all ages because we love older people too. You know, yeah. <laughs> we we do. You know, it's um, it's interesting because you know I think a lot of the older generation who come to the theatre love it because they're not just with other old people. Now it's good to hear that you're encouraging young people to come to see the shows as well because you know you'll be forming their opinion of theatre. So if they come to Saddles yeah. Wells and see a great show, then they'll love theatre for life. And uh, yes. in this day and age, there's more competition for you as a venue from home entertainment, virtual yeah, reality, sure. all these things that kids can do now. Yes, if we course. introduce them to theatre at a young age, then they'll embrace that and hopefully that'll go on with them through their lives. Yes. And I think we've seen that most recently, haven't we? You know, where we haven't been able to come in and enjoy that moment mm. of togetherness because it's very special, isn't it? I mean, it's not... It's not just seeing live performance, it's also sharing that with other with other people. Yes. You know, and you and you don't get that digitally sitting at home. No. It's a it's an incredibly it's all it's an instinct of ours to gather and enjoy that. So I, I mean even if you don't know the other people, it's not about just going with your family, it's about sitting in that auditorium with yeah. hundred or so other people and yeah. experiencing the same thing together, isn't it? Yes, it's an incredible feeling, isn't mm. it? And also just um, particularly when you show approval with your applause and your cheering, mm. it's really wonderful. I, I always say that's one of the great things about my job. I mean, they're not applauding me, but you get that, you get that input every night. It's great. Mm. You know, it's like saying, yes, we're really glad to be here in this place that yeah. you run. <laughs> oh, yes, I love applause as an actor. Yes, yes, of course. It's delightful. <laughs> I mean, although it goes both ways. If you do something and there are no applause where you expect them to be, it can really throw yes. you. Yes, no, exactly, yes. They, 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 that's, the Buddhists say don't expect applause, don't, don't they? Yeah, and that's very wise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alistair, in this episode, you've talked about taking risks. 
Do you think it's a necessary thing for a business to take a risk to succeed? Oh yes, I think I think so. Yes, I mean, you know, we it, when when you're creating or you're you're supporting the creation of new work, it's um, a risk each time. But if you didn't do that then you would be presenting the same Swan Lake or Romeo and Juliet that was made in the 1890s. And if that if that's the case, then the art form just dies. And I think that's the same in every aspect of life. You need to move on. You need to learn from, the, from history. You need to learn from what the traditions are. We didn't, we don't, we, we stand on the shoulders of giants, you know, um, uh, in in the sense that lots of people have done great things in the past, but then you have to move forward and you say what is relevant, what is what is going to work now, and I think it's the same in business. You have to just really uh, think about what the world changes; it doesn't stay still, you know. And um, and you you need to adapt. Those people that don't adapt to the to it, you know, they find they run out, they run into trouble. And it's the same in the creative industries as well as uh, as as other businesses. I think the problem is, though, it takes a lot of energy to take a risk, doesn't it? Because at the time before you take the risk, your company might be doing rather well, bringing yes. in money, making a profit, and all of a sudden you're going to mix that up by taking a risk. You may lose money. You need yes. to spend a lot more time on the business to do that. Yes. So you think it's still important for people to do this? Otherwise, It is, yes. It is, I guess, you know, I'm I'm perfectly suited to this because I don't – sit very well with just doing the same thing i get yeah. a little bit bored I, I i need to i need to have a fresh challenge so it suits my personality to do that but luckily that chimes with the health of the organization yeah because i think also that the everyone working in the in the in the organization and or in the business also wants to feel that they're on a journey somewhere else <laughs> they're not just going to be keep coming in every day and doing the same thing all their career all their life you know they, they need to feel that there is also they are also part of a journey uh and uh, that's gonna that's going to achieve something for the world you know i think it's um i think that's common both across the cultural industries and also other as a business and as a leader, do you avoid micromanaging your team as well? This sounds like an interview question, doesn't it? How yeah. <laughs> do you delegate? I do, I do, I, I try to, but I am also, I, I am a little bit of a control freak. I, lo I do like to keep control and, yeah. and I feel, I, I, I think it's very important to keep things in the right direction. Um, and if it seems to be going off direction in various ways, then I will soon jump in. Because I think it can easily kind of, you know, running a big organization, sending out lots of messages all the time mm. uh, to the public and to, to the world, you know, you have to keep that on track. So I try to get people who, you know, you can really trust, but you mm. need also to, to be there to, to guide things through. Now, you've said you're a control freak there. Do you consciously rein that in at any point or do you just go with that? I, I'm 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 learning to rein it in. I think um, because I tell you why, Warwick. Because I think actually that the world is changing a bit, and I don't think, you know, I think I'm realizing that I have to let go a little bit as well, um, and have uh, you know more a different type of leadership in a way, and to support other people who want to try and um, mm -hmm. you know to, to be part of this. I mean, not not to sort of work by committee or anything, but to give people space and uh, to to do their own thing 
And in that way, you kind of create a, a more plural organization you know, with different voices, different. Um, and in the end, that makes the work different on stage, you know. And we do hand over quite big parts of the programming to other people. So the hip hop festival, I don't I don't program or the flamenco festival. Mm. You know, we have curators who take uh, and artistic directors who take charge of that. I understand that Saddlers is opening a new venue in East London, mm-hmm. which yes. is going to be a huge risk. It's not just another production, it's a whole venue. Yeah. A lot of money at stake, I imagine. Mm. So why is that an important risk to take then? Well, I think it goes back to that thing about trying to keep moving as an organisation. I, I feel like what we've done so far is to is to really put dance on the map. You know, uh, the English and the English tradition isn't really to dance. You know, we're much more theatre-based um, uh, nation. You know, I think what we've done so far, we've promoted dance as an art form and uh, that's been very successful. We've shown that there are big audiences for it, uh, but we also need a place where young choreographers can develop their work. So it's great to uh, to take this uh, leap into building a new space, uh, which I've never done. It has some challenges around it. It's always a big challenge to make something, a new building, happen. Um, but I think in the end that... You know, again, you have to mitigate the risks. So I know that, for example, in Stratford, people can get there easily because of the Olympics. So, you know, they built all of those ways in. Uh, we know there's huge amounts of talent uh, in that part of London. Again, it's intuition. We will see. It's a big leap to go. We've already got three theatres running and this will be the fourth. So that's a big leap for the organisation. So obviously you have to have strategies in place to make sure that that's possible. Um, but I think it's always part of the, uh, as I said before, it's moving forward uh, in an organisation and not staying standing still. And everyone in the organisation is very excited about it. Alistair, I'd like to finish with one more question, please. Mm-hmm. So what's the best and worst piece of advice you've ever been given? Okay. So, so the best piece of advice... Um, was actually connected to the new theatre. So um, it was 2013, and um, and I was talking to a colleague who's kind of a mentor of mine. Um, and I said, "This is I want to build a uh, new theatre, 500 seat middle scale theatre, um, and uh, but I don't know where it would be, and I haven't got the money." And he said, "Well, uh, you should just announce that you are going to do that." And I said, "Are you sure?" <laughs> I said, really, we we haven't got anything. He said, no, just announce it. So we had a we had a um, press our annual press conference that autumn. I announced it there, saying we want to build a five hundred seat theatre, and it got a bit of coverage, particularly in the Evening Standard. And that's when the London Legacy Development Corporation, who are building this new site in in the Olympic Park, approached me. Um, and uh, and now we are building this this new space. But at that point, you just said we want to. You didn't say we're going to. Yes, we just had the desire. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone so, got excited. Yeah, so I think it's. I think the advice was just to be bold. You know, I mean, you mm. can't. You can't just. You've just got to go out there and and, and almost say that this is going to happen. You know, and um, and then they and then things usually do. I guess the sort of worst advice. It's not really worst advice, but it's. Um, where people say, so one of our, our most successful shows is called Sutra, and it features 22 monks from the Shaolin Temple in um, 
in Henan province in China. And Anthony Gormley did the sets, the, the sculpture, and yeah. Sidney Lamar Chikara did the choreography. And it's been a huge success. It's toured for over t- 10 years. Uh, it's gone everywhere in the world twice. <laughs> and, uh, and, and often people say, well, why don't you make another one of them? Uh, and I said, well, you know, that's the thing, because when we were making that show, we did not think it would go any further than Sadler's Wells. It was such a mad idea to have these monks who weren't um, dancers. They were Kung Fu artists. <laughs> wow. um, but it's but it's um, it's quite in other words, it's quite difficult to replicate. You have to have a good idea and then hope that the world uh, goes with it. But you can't. You can't really create a big smash hit. You know, you can't say, well, I'm going to make this big smash hit. Uh, it's, um, but many people would like that to happen, of course, you mm. know, but it's not really yeah. as easy as that, as you know. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Alistair. This has been fascinating. Um, the takeaways from this for me would be, obviously, it's important to have a good team, you know, get yeah. good people in, you know, mm-hmm. spend your money and your efforts in finding the best people to take your ideas forward and also be focused, know where your business is going. If you're launching a product, know exactly what that product is and who it's aimed for and don't diversify too much. Just focus on making that the best you can make it. We've learned that risk-taking is a virtue. It is integral for a business to succeed Mm -hmm. and also to employ the right people around you. Put a good team together and just let them run. Let them do what you hired them to do. Which is interesting, actually. George Lucas, the uh, director of Star Wars, takes a similar approach. He's so minimal on his direction when you work with him as an actor. You kind of go in there and he just tells you, right, stand over there and during this scene, walk over there. And to me, I take that as a compliment because he's hired me as an actor and expects me to interpret this in my way and do what I'm hired to do rather than being told what to do for every step of the scene. We've also learned from Alistair that 2021 is the year of the optimist, which is a great way to start 2021, isn't it? It is. Let's all be optimistic, eh? Yes, absolutely. And that you should rise above the weather. We do. (laughs) I love that analogy. I thought that was great. So the storm is going on down below. You're up there above the clouds where the blue sky is. Absolutely. And everything's going great. Yeah. Is it dangerous, do you think, to be too optimistic? Never. Okay, great stuff. I like that attitude. (laughs) Alistair, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you this afternoon. Oh, yeah, thank you. It's been fascinating. I've learned a lot. It's really been great. So good luck. And I look forward to being able to come back to Sadler's very soon. Yes, well, you're welcome. And I've so missed the etta. I really have just being part of an audience again and enjoying something as a group spectacle. Yeah, yeah, please Good luck in everything you do. Thank you, Alistair. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Well, that really was a fascinating chat. I've learned so much about trust and collaboration. So if you want to hear more stories from figureheads, then subscribe and listen to my next episode where I talk to Will Brass, the commercial director of the Premier League, where we'll be talking about how to harness your brand's appeal internationally. And of course, all of this has been made possible by Barclaycard Business, 